You're listening to Diffuse Tap with Kenny Estes and Isla Krem. This week, we're talking insurance in crypto. We have Josh Fayer, head of finance and staking operations at Figment, as well as Marwan Haji, CEO of Unslashed. They're going to be discussing the different type of insurance products that are available for DGENs, DeFi, and NFT folk, as well as across the board and where the industry is going. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Hopefully you had good conversations in the breakout rooms here while we were uh, while everybody was trickling in. For those of you who don't know what to expect, here's an agenda. What's on tap? This is a weekly event. This is our 97. Oh, we can't do that right. There we go. It's backwards. 97th event doing this. The way that it works, we're going to briefly talk about diffuse tap and diffuse. And then we're going to have a fireside chat with Josh and Maryun or Mary Wayne, rather, Haji. And then we're going to do two more rounds of breakout rooms, kind of similar to what you just experienced. Um, the reason we do this is because Diffuse Tap is first and foremost a networking event. This is your opportunity to meet alternative investors in small group format from all over the world. But we do want you to come away a little bit more intelligent. So we do have the fireside chat where people share some insights around whatever and else really um, crypto in particular is, is of interest these days. And then um, if you do like this type of thing in networking, we also have in-person versions of this event. The next one is actually tomorrow at 5 p.m. in Miami. I am currently down in Miami, normally not for the Bitcoin Miami conference. Why do we do all this? Well, Diffuse is an alternative fund incubator. So we try to find interesting high alpha or more esoteric investment strategies and turn them into funds. So we have um, three live funds right now. One is an index fund. We're in the process of IPOing. We're actually doing a pre-IPO raise where participants get a profit share in perpetuity for participating in the, the index fund itself. And then we have two other actively managed DeFi strategies where we focus on yield maxim maximization, to use the crypto jargon, proper DGEN strategy. Uh, one's market neutral and one's market long. So if you have any interest, let us know. But our speakers today are Josh and Mary Wayne. So Josh, do you want to unmute and maybe give a little bit of your background to start us off? Yeah, sure. Thanks. I'll try to keep it uh, as brief as I can. Um, so first and foremost, pleasure to be here. Thank you, Diffuse, for organizing these types of events and bringing some very interesting topics to light. It's my first time hearing about Diffuse, so I will most certainly be a, a regular frequenter after this. Um, so my name is Josh. Um, I joined Figment. Uh, about a year ago, it's almost a year anniversary now, and like many startups, I have worn many hats. So when I started, I was head of finance and staking operations. Now I've shifted to more product management and product strategy. Um, so the lens by which I am viewing insurance is more so as a consumer for our staking service offering. Um, for context, this is not liquidity pool staking. This is more proof of stake sense staking. So just a little background on Figment. Figment, among other exciting things, provides proof of stake infrastructure as a service. Um, why? Because uh, running and maintaining a validator is pretty complex. So token holders can instead delegate the power, if you will, of their tokens to Figment. Figment will validate blocks for the network uh, and earn rewards for the service. The majority of the rewards would go to the actual delegators. Figment will take a share of that. And that's how the business works. Um, delegators of proof of stake tokens can expect to earn anywhere between five and 20% generally, uh, but as high as you know, 400% in some of the earlier stage networks. But 
uh, staking does come with risk, like any other DeFi, you know, yield-bearing alternative. Um, so one of the goals at Figment is looking into coverage and insurance that can help limit the doubts, the downside for our delegators um, to either mitigate it or entirely eliminate it. Um, and that's where we started working with Unslashed. Um, in general, you know, by having by reducing your risk, more industry um, and high net worth individuals are likely to get into the space and are more willing to stake and try to earn yield um, and basically just deploy their tokens that they own. Um, you know, there's been a big transition in current space. Insurance is kind of boring. Web three, uh, it's much more sexy. So definitely excited to jump in and start uh, talking about insurance with with you all. Awesome. And that's a great segue. Uh, Marwain, do you want to uh, unmute yourself and give a little introduction to yourself and Unslash as well? Sure. Well, thank you for having me here and great to be with everyone here. Um, so my name is Marwan. I started working on Unslashed back in 2019. And basically the way we were viewing uh, uh, blockchain was that it was going to allow to um, to, to, to revolutionize a little bit the financial uh, sector. That was like my main thesis back in 2017 and 2016 when I discovered Ethereum. Uh, what was happening there, there were a little bit of AMMs, a little bit of lending protocols, and we were looking at the insurance layer and there wasn't much. And, uh, and we thought that it was something that, uh, that was going to be important. So we started by focusing our attention on the slashing risk with the hypothesis that uh, staking and proof of stake uh, networks are going, were going to attract a lot of institutional investors uh, that were going to use services like Figments uh, who are professionally managing uh, the staking, uh, I mean, the, 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 the staking uh, facilities. And the, the, the main thing, uh, the main thing that happened in the meantime is that in the beginning, uh, the DeFi was looked at more as a degen product, whereas we were or oriented it more towards the, uh, the, uh, uh, oriented more towards the uh, the institutional uh, customers. Um, what can I tell you more about uh, about Unslash? Well, Unslash. What is interesting is basically that it's a DAO uh, to begin to begin with, and it's also a protocol that allows to create ILSs, which are kind of vehicles uh, that allow to have uh, capital uh, that underwrites different types of risks. So we have one vehicle that is created that is on-chain and that is managed by the DAO. And we this vehicle allows to underwrite slashing risk, for example, with Figment. Uh, it allows to underwrite the DPEG risk, uh, for example, uh, Tether's uh, DPEG risk, uh, smart contract risk for various protocols. Um, and we have, we have some other products in the pipe uh, that we're going to launch. And the idea for us as a DAO and as a protocol is basically to be able to launch as many vehicles like this as possible. Some are going to be really specialized in a certain number of risks. Some others are going to be more like a generalist crypto focused. And the long-term vision is to allow uh, institutions to uh, join the crypto world while, being, or while having some of their risks mitigated 
and at the same time, uh, maybe start addressing some niches in terms of insurance needs in some parts of the world that don't have access to insurance, for example. Beautiful. Love the thorough introduction there. And as we can tell, the insurance universe is damn complicated and complex. So maybe we'll kick off with a little bit of definitions. Um, Josh, would you mind sharing what is crypto insurance really? Like, what does it cover? What are the buckets that we should keep in mind when we think about this topic? Yeah, so my, like I mentioned, my, my lens is more so from the staking perspective. So when it comes to a more broader definition of what insurance can possibly cover, I would definitely uh, pass that, you know, that end of the question to Marilyn. But from our perspective, it's more the slashing, downtime penalties, misrewards. It's more of the actual loss that can happen while you stake. Uh, generally, that happens if you have extensive downtime um, where the validator is just offline and not in the active set, you can receive a penalty. Uh, slashing generally happens with something called double signing, which is when two instances of the validator sign the same blocks and kind of create a mini fork in the network. Um, that is the more severe type of slashing. So this type of insurance that we're looking to get helps cover that potential risk of loss. Um, and what we also want to do is help make our customers whole, where if we are down and we have missed rewards, basically meaning that we would have been receiving rewards if we were online, um, that's another type of uh, coverage that we offer. Uh, we tend to offer that more on our balance sheet. Um, but you know, there's different types of insurance, marijuana and Unslash focused on on-chain insurance. We also have traditional off-chain insurance with a more you know traditional uh, insurance provider, and we rely on our balance sheet as well. So. Definition of insurance, I guess, can mean multiple things, but for us at Figment, we're focused on risk mitigation as a whole, um, and insurance for staking is just one way of doing that. Awesome. Uh, same same yeah. question to you, Marwan. Yeah, uh, well, I, 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 I totally agree with everything that uh, just said. Uh, I would add that basically the focus is on tail risk. So we're not going to be cover uh, to be covering the. Uh, uh, the price movements uh, for a crypto asset. We're not going to be covering uh, some uh, some events that are pretty uh, frequent. We are looking at fat tail risks, and we are trying to uh, to to provide uh, products that allow to mitigate or hedge uh, those types of risks. So. Uh, the, the the risks that Charles mentioned are technical risks. Uh, related to the operations of Figment. And uh, there are other types of technical risks, uh, for example, the smart contracts ones, uh, for example, uh, the uh, custody uh, risks uh, for, for exchanges, for custodians. Uh, there are other types of risks that are, not, uh, that are not technical, but that are more related to uh, the system design or a system design or how a, a system works. And this is this could be, for example, the DPEG risk for a certain number of algo stable coins. Uh, there, is, there are risks that are more related to, uh, well, somehow to regulation. Uh, when, when I'm thinking about Tether, basically the way we approach it as, is as really as a, uh, well, we, we look at the price and we model the price, but at the same time, we stretch, we, we try to stretch uh, the price movements in our models in order to take into account a certain number of possibilities 
having a bank run on, on Tether, uh, the regulator uh, stopping their activities, et cetera, et cetera. So there are a lot of different, uh, there are a lot of different risks. Uh, the technical ones are the main ones so far, uh, to be honest. Uh, and we are basically adding new layers uh, that could be, for example, the credit risk uh, in case there are uh, lending or uncollateralized lending activities on-chain, maybe off-chain as well, if we have a possibility to check whether, uh, to, to check the conditions, uh, that the conditions uh, of the claim are met. So it's, it's really pretty similar to traditional insurance in terms of definition uh, applied to uh, the crypto world while using some of the traditional tools for the modeling uh, and some of the new tools for the modeling as well that maybe traditional insurance providers uh, won't be in a position to use. Like we can use AI ML, uh, whereas traditional insurance companies are not going to use that because they have a certain number of rules or models that they need to follow. Um, yeah, like that's how I would frame it. That makes a lot of sense. And um, you certainly have a lot more flexibility with the focus on technical elements. Let's, let's expand on that compare and contrast with traditional insurance. That's one of the most regulated um, spaces. Daniel had a question there about that specifically. Um, and you mentioned ILSs. ILSs, you know, cap bonds, things of that nature are very regulated. Are you regulated? Are your products regulated? Are you taking the position that they shouldn't be? Where, where are you coming down on that debate? Basically, we are functioning as a DAO, the same way Compound or Aave uh, are functioning. So right now we consider that the way things work uh, are fine until there is more clarity with regards to uh, regulation. Once there is more clarity regarding the regulation, uh, we'll be able to say, okay, well, we, we fit in and the same way Compound or Aave or Maker will be fitting in in a certain number of categories. Uh, I think uh, we are still early. Uh, from this point of view, uh, we are also working with um, a partner who is going to allow us to have these kinds or to streamline the process of creation of ILSs from uh, a more legal point of view. Uh, so that's, that's also something that we have, uh, like we are keeping an eye on and uh, we have in mind. It's just that in order to figure out uh, how things would work. Uh, uh, we need a framework that gives us uh, some kind of direction. Gotcha. So you're taking the position that until there's that clarity, it's kind of hard for you to be in compliance with that. Josh, do you do you have anything you want to add on that subject as it pertains to regulation and insurance and specific board, more generally crypto and how you guys are positioning yourselves? Well, we try to work with brokers in a traditional sense to see who we can work with that's like off chain. Um, so they're going to be, you know, regulatory compliant. Um, you know, so that's, that's like our, our step one that we started with. And then we started seeing that the appetite for these types of providers is extremely low. Uh, that's starting to change. So from six months ago when we started talking versus now they're starting to be more in development. So I think we're going to, you know, opt for the route of umbrella coverage with a traditional insurance provider if that's an option. But, you know, everything we do or we try to do is to focus on building and developing Web3. So working with a company like Unslash, regulatory or, you know, compliance or not is still appealing because at the end of the day, 
Uh, it's supporting Web3. It's um, the people are the ones that are funding these policies. Uh, and ultimately, so long as it's coded in the smart contract properly, we will automatically receive our payments once we you know, make a claim so long as someone doesn't uh, try to challenge that claim. Um, so we can talk about that whole challenging mechanism as well. But um, ultimately, uh, we don't see much of, of an issue around working with a company like Unslash, despite um, still uncertain regulatory issues with when it comes to, um, you know, fitting into the traditional square peg. <laughs> Absolutely. One of the questions that then kind of comes naturally as well is, how do you price and underwrite the risk that you guys are taking? How does how do you think about it? Because also a lot of these risks that might be ever evolving and new ones coming on board all the time. Um, how do you a make sure you're always underwriting the latest risks that are out there? And then B, how do you actually price it? Uh, honestly, I don't think we are in a position where we can underwrite uh, the latest risks. Uh, <laughs> and I, 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 I don't think it's possible uh, because like when you have, there are some products that are basically moving all the time and it's, it's, it's really hard to model them and it's really hard to put a price on them. And, uh, sometimes it's not even worth it to focus on them. So we have we have certain areas of focus uh, that are more uh, kind of stable and that allow us basically to develop models, work on them, uh, try to improve them uh, and make sure that what we have in terms of uh, insurance capacity and risk that we underwrite uh, makes sense as it, and is balanced and diversified. Uh, in terms of um, in terms of pricing uh, and risk assessment methodology, it really depends on the risk. Uh, it really depends on the risk. Some for some risk, we're going to have uh, a rating, a pure rating approach, uh, combined with a little bit of data that is available. If we think of smart contract risk, uh, the data that is available doesn't allow to really build traditional. Uh, models. So we're going to to try to use a little bit of uh, quantitative approach and a little bit of a pure rating approach where we're going to look at the smart contracts, see the complexity of the smart contract, look at the different attack vectors, the audits that they had, et cetera, et cetera, and combine these pieces of data with what, what is happening in the market and what exists in the market uh, and come up with uh, a pricing that makes sense. Uh, the for some other risks we can have uh, uh, more pure quantitative approaches or systemic approaches. When we are thinking about stable coins, the way we approach them is in which conditions the event that we are covering would happen. In this case, we are going to model the whole system, and we are going to try. Uh, I'm talking about algorithmic stable coins. Uh, we are going to try basically to model the full system and see. Uh, how it works, when does it break, uh, and try actually to put it in a position where it breaks. And this will give us basically a probability of the system breaking under a certain number of conditions. So it's uh, it's really like, it, it, it really depends on the risk itself. Uh, when things are moving too much, we are not in a position where we can position we cannot position ourselves, basically. Uh, we need time to work on something, make sure that we have something robust, and then use it uh, for a certain period of time, adapt it when needed, but we cannot change things all the time. 
What's been interesting, if I can, interesting, just if I can say two things, a quick thing is working with Unsplash has been great because they have very flexible policies and they will kind of come up with what works best for both parties. Um, so I find that with my experience with Unsplash versus some other uh, providers that I've been speaking with is that Unsplash doesn't opt out for the very tail risk risks. Um, and there's very few exceptions that you would tend to see in more traditional insurance where there's always, you know, they have to read the fine print and that's how insurance companies kind of wiggle out of actually making payments. Um, that doesn't, at least from what I can tell, exist with uh, with Unflashed. It's very clear policies, all available on chain. So um, from our perspective, it's been the most robust type of coverage that we can receive um, that really covers even the most extreme cases of risk. And actually we collaborate on, on, on the policies. Like basically we work on them together. We try to understand the need of, uh, of the customer, uh, how to structure the policy in a way that makes sense uh, for the customer and that, that that makes sense also for us, like have something that we can actually underwrite. Um, and uh, and that, that's, that's the way we work. Like we think that basically we are not at a stage where we can uh, standardize everything, uh, not yet. Uh, so we tend, we tend really to go uh, for a collaborative approach, have bespoke policies and uh, make sure that uh, we have everything uh, covered within uh, the policy documents. That's great. Well, really appreciate you guys uh, sharing some of your wisdom. We're going to do another breakout room, but um, after the breakout room, when we come back, we're going to ask the same question, which is what do you see coming down the pipe? Prognostication, what are you excited by? Just generally something that on the horizon that you've noticed that the audience might not have. But for the breakout reference specifically, um, it is a couple of housekeeping items. One, it's uh, not, it's, sorry, the networking, it's not a pitching event. So please be respectful of that and also be kind to one another. Um, we have had issues in the past, so I always hate that I have to say that. And then uh, we don't do a participant list. So if you meet somebody that you want to connect with, swap your details right in the room or join our Telegram group. I has already put the link in the chat. Um, join to introduce yourself, ask for something the community is really good about that type of thing. Awesome. So I'll pop you into rooms now. You'll be joined by four or five other alternative investors of various kinds. And uh, don't be shy to stick around and kind of enjoy these and, and participate. I'll give you a topic, but definitely feel free to get off topic as much as you want. Um, what do you think is the future of crypto insurance? Worth doing? Way too early stage? It's your chance to kind of chime in on the topic amongst yourself. So I'll pop you into rooms now and we'll bring you back here in about 10 minutes. Enjoy the networking. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Hopefully you had some good conversations. So uh, as threatened, we are uh, it's the prognostication time. Josh, what do you see coming down the pipe? What are you excited for? Um, and you'll probably unmute it, just FYI. Is this uh, just to make sure that's like insurance related, like staying on topic? You can keep it on topic. You can also drift a field, dealer's choice. Well, I might as well stay on topic. So like for me, I really do think it's going to be uh, how do we insure everything and just limit uh, downside risk for pretty much everything. I'm on the side, quite the uh, NFT degen, and I see lots of theft happening in the space, um, lots of risk, and it, it does scare people from jumping in. And I think it's the same thing for any type of DeFi. So if there's ways of offering you know, insurance or any type of coverage that basically limits risk at a small cost. I think it's a massive opportunity um, for whoever is providing that insurance 
but also or coverage, uh, but also for the users. So um, I would like to see this bridge across all the types of risk. Um, and I think uh, everyone's kind of moving in that direction. So it really is a sexy new product um, and everyone's talking about it. So it's exciting to see how this is going to develop because we are extremely, extremely early. Love it. And our uh, we have our actively managed DeFi funds that uh, candidly where we're playing, there's no insurance. We'd love to see it get down there at some point, assuming that the, uh, that the price is right. So I like that. Marwan, uh, thoughts on your end? In, t- in terms in terms of pure insurance, I I think that there is uh, there is also a bridge to be made with uh, real world assets, and uh, that could allow to have more diversification. Because so far, when focusing our products only on the crypto pure crypto or crypto native world, we, we, we run into a loop where basically we are covering the same things over and over again. Uh, the moment we start introducing new types of risks, it allows to have more, more diversification. It will allow us also to have more insurance capacity and it will allow the sector as a whole to grow. And that's something that basically we are discussing with some traditional insurers and at the same time, uh, some companies who are tokenizing uh, a certain number of uh, products that could use uh, insurance. I also think that there is a need for an NFT insurance, but honestly, uh, so far we didn't figure it out. Uh, we'll see, but so far, like uh, first discussions one year ago, and still see no clear idea how to approach how to approach this. That's fine. Well, on that first one, and this is an opportunity for me to plug. Uh, one of my portfolio companies, check out seal, S-E-E-L.io. It's real world insurance, but behind the scenes, it's smart contracts and yield farming and automated claims management. So very similar to what some of the core of what Unslash is doing there, but it's it's solving like returns insurance or gig supplemental insurance for gig drivers, things along those lines. So they're trying to do that hybrid as well. So kind yeah, of interesting. Cool. You're already starting to see this happening. Yeah. Cool, Isla, do you want to uh, tee up another breakout room? Yeah, I've got ready to go. So we'll hop into another one. And this is your opportunity to make a little wish list. What are the kinds of insurance products you would love to see in crypto today? I'll pop you into rooms and we'll see you all back here in some eight or so minutes. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. Welcome back. We are going to do a quick wrap up and then let you all go right at the top of the hour. Up next, as we said, this is a weekly event. Next week will be the 98th um, weekly event. CFO-led business turnarounds. We don't just do crypto. We are heavy crypto, but not exclusively. And then uh, don't forget Thursday, uh, aka tomorrow, we do have an in-person version, a uh, diffused app in Miami in the Wharf. But also on April 28th, we have one in NYC with Merzen. So definitely check that out if you're in that neck of the neck of the woods. Telegram, join us. Links in the chat. Link will also be up in the follow-up um, email. Just introduce yourself and yeah, see what shakes out. I like any talking points that I have neglected. Um, no, the only quick reminder: if you are interested to chat about our pre-IPO raise for our index fund or anything of that sort, pay us. Um, you'll receive a quick email after this, just with the next week's topic, and you can reply right there if you want to learn anything more about Diffuse or what we're up to. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, Thanks so much, for Robert. Robert. See ya. Bye. Bye.
You've been listening to Diffuse Tap with Isla Krem and Kenny Estes. If you enjoyed these conversations, join us for the live version every Wednesday-ish at 10 a.m. Central. In addition to the fireside chat, the live event features three rounds of networking in small groups with alternative fund GPs, LPs, and supporters from around the world. Log on to www.diffusefunds.com to register yourself now.